This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. I think whoever's behind this is trying to force their way into a conversation with you. Okay, why would anybody do that? Com Control, this is the flight director. Shut down circuits A through M. Too late. They have control of the line. Oh, that was right in my ear. GSA vessel Konechny. Respond immediately. Uh, should I talk to this person? We'll never find out what's happening otherwise. Uh, okay. This is GSA Vessel Konechny. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? Lieutenant Commander Raymond Miblin. My brother Peter is on that ship, and I have been repeatedly prevented from speaking with him. I want to talk to Peter Miblin, and I want to talk to him right now. Relativity. Episode 49. In which unlikely connections are made. You're Raymond Miblin, Peter's brother. That is correct. And uh, how can we be sure of that? Any terrestrial signal tracker would follow this transmission directly to my location. It would lead you straight to me where I can present any form of identification you desire. I see it's coming from a military base in Alps. I can triangulate tighter if you want. That won't be necessary, Marcus. Sir, it's not that we don't believe you. It's more that we don't understand why you would break the law and then identify yourself. The fact is, ma'am... No laws have been broken. I can assure you that interfering with the data signal between Mission Control and a GSA deep space vessel is against a dozen Look, laws. I have in my possession a document ratified by the commander of my division of the North Atlantic Alliance Armed Forces granting permission for this contact under both the Family Hardship Act and the emergency communication provisions of Geneva Protocol 7. Well... It sounds like you've taken all the proper steps, Ma'am, I but... was left with very little choice. I have repeatedly requested communication with the vessel, and your automated system has blocked me each time. Sir, you may have clearance and permissions from the Army, but that doesn't oblige us to participate in whatever you're attempting. I simply just want to speak with my brother. We parted on extremely bad terms, and it's taken me eight years to realize that if one of us needs to apologize and attempt to make amends, it should be me. That is the sole and only purpose in reaching out through these admittedly extreme means. It's that important to you? It is. It's all right with me, Sophia. If you were, you know, stalling to give me some time, I... Appreciate it. Marcus, um, can you secure this line so nobody has access to it besides Dr. Mason, myself, and Lieutenant Commander Miblin? Doing it now and sign it off. Uh, can I call you Raymond? Lieutenant Commander is kind of a lot to say. First name will be fine, yes. And you are? I'm Dr. Mason. Please call me Chris. As the ship's doctor, it's my unpleasant task to inform you that our ship has experienced a series of tragedies which have cost many lives, including that of your brother. I I am very sorry, Raymond. I would appreciate any substantiated evidence to support this. I was, in fact, the one who found his body. I can 
send you the official file once it's completed. Uh, okay, circumstances of his death? He fell quite a long way to hard ground and apparently head first, so I am confident that his death uh, came to him quickly. It's, it's always gratifying to know this. I must say you're taking this news very calmly. I've witnessed a great deal of death in my time, Doctor. One learns that there is very little value in weeping and wailing. I understand. Well, you might like to know that Peter and I were best friends during our time on this voyage. He was my assistant, and we spent many hours together and usually enjoyed one another's company very much. Then I hope you can understand why I'd like to know if he ever spoke of me at all. Oh, yes, Raymond. He had such regrets about the terms on which you parted. He had not wanted to fight with you about going on this mission, and he always wished he could go back and do it over. But that desire did not extend to attempting some kind of communication? I think the challenges of time dilation were a major obstacle. He was never good at maintaining connections. When he moved out of Texas for medical school, we didn't hear from him for five years. And when we did, when he contacted us, he was different. He had a new accent and everything. You could tell he had left us completely behind. If it's any comfort, Raymond, I I knew him well enough to say that he would have loved your punching through our firewalls and winding your way into this high-security data stream. He would have run up and down these corridors here shouting, Yes! That that does help. It, it does. Uh, Raymond, this is the flight director. Yes, ma'am. Now that I know you don't mean us any harm, I wonder... Well, first of all, I want to tell you how very sorry I am about your brother. His was a... Well, his death was certainly tragic. I think that's the only possible word for it. Thank you, ma'am. I... I... I sense that you're about to ask me a question. In a way, I can't believe I'm doing this, and I I hope it doesn't seem completely insensitive. Look, I'm a difficult man to offend, Flight Director. Please, please continue. Well, when you broke into our system, I was, well, annoyed, as you might imagine. Yes, I understand, and look, I I do. I, I apologize. But the more we talk with you... The more I'm thinking about what extraordinary skills were required to do this, and I'm wondering if you would be willing to put those skills to work in solving a little problem we're having here. Is it something my brother would have wanted? Oh, I believe he would, yes. I I never thought about it, but yes, he would. We're trying to find a former GSA employee who may or may not have a common plant. He's not on any of the GSA directories, but... That may be because he's no longer working for them, but still has his implant, in which case... You want me to get into closed files on former GSA employees? That would be so very helpful to us. Well, since you're friends of my brother, and you honor his memory, I'll help you any way I can. Thank you. The man's name is Louis Anstey. The cult of Earth guy? We don't think he really ever... uh... Yeah, the the Cult of Earth guy. (laughs) And that's A-N-S-T-E-E. Understood. And this should not be a problem. I will report back ASAP through more usual channels. Mibblin' out. 
That all happened fast. Now, I know what you're thinking. You asked him to hack the GSA database. And you lied to him. You lied to him a lot. What did you want me to say to him? The truth? It's usually a good idea. Uh, Come on. Let him remember his brother fondly. Oh, I agree. I do. He'll do this little favor for you. I want to find Louis Anstey, and I've stopped caring how we find him. Well, obviously. So we're both comfortable lying to this guy. Do you really have a problem with that? No, not really. There is something appealing to me about the absurdity of our mad killer's little brother being the one to connect us with the loon who listens to lettuce. Fits nicely with the general mayhem of this mission. You know, I don't usually worry about Mission Control's administrative problems, but... Haven't we just opened Pandora's box? I mean, if if Raymond starts telling people he's talked to someone on Konyechny, other people will start trying to get through. I know. Maybe it's time to go public. Tell the world that you're the only person left on the ship and how it happened. Although the truth is so bizarre, I wonder if people will believe it. Speaking of bizarre things, is it okay to ask if you learned anything new from Peter's private message to you? Oh, well, uh, yes and no, uh... We were right in speculating that he was weeding out people who didn't agree with his, you know, his concern over the lack of diversity in our DNA bank. But you agreed with him about that. I did, and I think that's why I wasn't on his list. But Captain Sedona? I'm pretty sure that his plan was for the Captain, Tanya Vasilik, Peter, and me to be the ones who continued the mission. I, I think he figured it was going to have to be the four of us. He didn't know the captain was suicidal. And he did not expect Tanya to disappoint him the way she did, and he absolutely did not expect her to push him off the catwalk with her dying breath. Chris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to hear that. Oh, that's fine. I I got answers. I'm already past being outraged about what he did. What's been eating me alive is not knowing why. And this message he left for me did explain... Almost everything, but not why he tried to blow up the relativity compensator, and that was something I really, really wanted to know. But you're okay otherwise? I am, but... Oh, while I'm updating you on my insane little world here, Nadia loves me. I don't understand. It's part of her accelerated exploration of human behavior and feeling. Well, I got the distinct impression she does not love me. I think she hit the benchmark called Adolescent Crush, which often involves a negative attitude toward anyone who... Might be competition. I remember. Tell me you expect this phase will pass quickly. I believe it will, and she can go back to being the informative pain in the neck that she's always been. You do know she's probably listening to this. Oh my god, I forgot. Oh, no, oh wait, I did tell her that when you and I were talking, we wanted to be left alone. I don't know, Chris, if she's basically a 13-year-old girl... Yeah, she's listening. Hi, Nadia. We'll talk about this later, okay? I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But you did say she was maturing quickly. Soon she's going to be a young adult woman? I, I can't think of the ship's computer as a woman. Well, but you did just call her she several times. And you didn't used to. It's a convenient convention of speech. Yeah, but she's taken it very much to heart. And and, and see, now I'm talking about her heart. It's all very interesting, but you know what my principal concern is. You worry that uh, her exploration of human identity might somehow endanger the ship? In which case, you'd pull the plug. You know me well. I will shut down the whole personality interface. 
I would hate to see that happen. So would I, but not as much as I'd hate to see the mission being endangered. The mission? Well... Come on, say it. Not as much as I'd hate to see anything happen to you. There you go. You're serious about staying on the ship, knowing that for the next 13 years you'll only have me and a few others to talk to. And Nadia. Don't forget Nadia, who loves me. Well, if they'll keep paying me to work here, I'll stay with you. I will. I knew you would. You know, remain connected for the next 13 years anyway, after which we'll have a gap of a few years. And then we'll almost certainly never speak to one another again. We don't know that. I'm talking about what living on Earth will be like by then. I don't know. You're made of tough stuff. I don't think anybody's that tough. Boss, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, Marcus, go ahead. I have Raymond Miblin back on the line. He says he has information you requested. The man's a miracle worker. Marcus, ask him to please hold the line while I go back to my console. Hey, keep me tied into this, okay? We wouldn't lose you now. Don't worry about that. But it's not just electronics. This is quantum entanglement. That is true, sir, but even in the quantum realm, there are laws of nature that remain constant. And where there is constancy and consistency in a communication system, an exploit is possible. So, the only way to make a comm system foolproof is for it to be based on what? Randomness? More or less, but... This is the Enigma problem, of course, and Alan Turing understood that. If he had not, the entire Plugging history... Plugging into this channel? Flight Director on the line. Thank you, Flight Director. No, I think we're the ones who are in debt to you. May I ask how you were able to obtain this information so quickly? I wouldn't divulge trade secrets, ma'am, but I will say that the security of the Global Space Agency's general storage is nowhere near the, as robust as they seem to think it is. Uh... Dr. Mason, are you on this channel? Uh, just getting switched in now, yes. If I understand right, Lieutenant Commander Miblin has the personal frequency identification number we're looking for. It's a 128-digit number, so I'm going to flash it directly to your console if you're willing to give me access. I'm already set up for it. Very good. Then I am transmitting now. And we have it. Thank you very much, sir. As I said before, obtaining it was quite a simple matter. No difficulty at all. We are certainly very grateful to you. I doubt there's anything we can do for you in return. As a matter of fact, ma'am, there is something. Oh? Dr. Uh, Mason, but uh, please call me Chris. I would very much like to know what became of my brother's body. I am not familiar with the protocol. Do you cremate or possibly jettison? No, no, he was not cremated and certainly not jettisoned. His his remains are... Um, the fact is, his death was so recent, we haven't had a chance to even consider what's to be done with the body. I understand. I had thought about burying him in one of the more wide-open areas of the habitat. That's right. You have an entire forest in your ship, if I understand correctly. We have two, in fact, a tropical and a temperate. But would it be possible for my brother's body to be... I don't know if this is remotely practical, but could it be somehow frozen? That would actually be easier than you might think. I only ask because my calculations show you, you would still have roughly 15 years of space-time before you reach the New World, and my hope would be that once you arrive, you might be able to then give him a decent burial on that planet. Raymond, that is the best idea yet. 
I will find the right place for him to be laid to rest and personally see to his interment there. I will, of course, have to take your word for that. You'll arrive at your destination 33 years from now, my time, and it's unusual these days for soldiers to even live as long as I have, much less 33-plus more years. But I believe you, and for that, I am grateful. Well, thank you. Lieutenant Commander Miblin, signing out. Why did you tell him that? Tell him what? That you'd bury his brother in the New World? Maybe I will now that I've thought about it. You've left a world where cemeteries finally became a thing of the past, and now the first thing you'll do on a new planet is start a cemetery. Yeah. What would you have told him? I'm not sure, but I wouldn't have told him that I would bury any bodies in the habitat. Who buries people anymore? The military still does. They're all about tradition. Right, and I knew that's how Raymond would think, so, so I told him what he wanted to hear. Sometimes telling people the plain, unvarnished truth is not a kindness. Well, I guess that was for the best. I don't want to scare you, but doctors tell people what they want to hear rather frequently. That is scary. But now you've got your your string of ones and zeros. What are you going to do with them? I'm going to try them and see if they work. We're calling Louis Anstey now? Why not? it's, It's just a little intimidating. There's no reason it should be. Marcus, do you still have the ID number in front of you? I do, but, uh... What? I guess I'm with Dr. Mason on this. It's just intimidating. It's just a voice call to a human being. To a recluse, a hermit. I I imagine him sitting around in his tiny cabin somewhere, indexing his scrapbooks or something. Uh, It it feels like we're calling, uh, I don't know... A uh, president or a prime minister? Yes, and you expect me to chat with him. Alright, boys. I will do the talking. Okay? I'll do the talking, unless I need you to answer a question or offer some well, information. No, I, 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 talk can, to I can talk. I just, it's uh, okay. It's okay. I... Marcus, send out that signal. We still don't know if he's even going to answer. Signal going out now. This is always the hardest part. Come on. Come on. It's an implant. It's literally in his skull. Yeah, it's not like he has to run around looking for the device so he can answer it. I don't think he's gonna... Yeah, who is this? Talk to me. Oh, I... This is Mission Control Arecibo. We're attempting to reach Louis Anstey. Well, you called directly into somebody's skull. That's who you're gonna get. I hope we're not not disturbing you. Matter of fact, I'm in the middle of a party. I apologize for the noise. That That's okay. We, um... Who did you say this was? It's Mission Control Arecibo. I'm the flight director. Holy crap, I've been wanting to talk to you. Say again? Is this... Are you saying this is Sophia Schumacher? Well, I... Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You have no idea. I just never worked up the nerve to... Look, I really cannot talk right now, but I will contact you, all right? I'll get back to you as soon as I'm someplace where I'll... Look, I'll call you. I will call you. Wow, Sophia Schumacher. We've lost them. (laughs) And what are you laughing at? Well, at the funny thing that just happened. Why is that funny? Oh, come on, that's classic comedy. (laughs) Reversal of expectation. We, we thought he'd be intimidating and, and alone and maybe hostile, but he's at a party, for crying out loud, and he was intimidated by you. And that's funny. Well, no, not that he's in awe of you, no. I mean, hell, I'm in awe of you, but... Then why is it funny? <laughs> oh, never mind. Either you get it or you don't. Do you think this is funny, Marcus? Me? Uh, it, 
It was a surprise. I mean, it's funny in the sense of being unexpected. <laughs> Look, just promise me you'll keep me on the line when he calls back, okay? I thought you didn't want to talk to him. That was before I knew that we're going to find out why the famously insane Louis Anstey not only seems to know all about you, but is the president of your fan club. Relativity. Episode 49. In which unlikely connections are made. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Clarence Brown, Lee Shackelford, Kyle Jones. And introducing Brian Costin as Louis Sandsty. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? It's girl in space. Tales of sage and savant. The Ninth World Journal. Oz9. Moonbase Theta. Out. It's girl in space. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? Find out at wi-fi sci-fi.org. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi.